I said in the audience, as I sat there, my one of my co-stars was sitting next to me, and I nudged him and I said, I'm done. I'm done. Artistically, mm. that film was everything I ever want to set out to accomplish mm. as an actor. And uh, and it surprised me. Just one of those moments where it just kind of comes out. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm. what? What did I just say? And just being and and then the second thing is when I did let go is what came up for me was fear of missing out. Um, what are they gonna think about me? Uh, what am I gonna feel about myself? I'm not giving up, I know that, but what are they gonna think? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And all of that for the first time felt insignificant and certainly an unwanted obstacle to my new vision. And I get to take all of these experiences with me. Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. Also, as part of my 80th birthday legacy project, I'm offering listeners a free gift from my new Musings and Meditations audio series. Just go to my website, judithrich.com, to claim your free gift. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Also, available for purchase is the entire series, Musings and Meditations. These are original pieces of my writing set to music that integrate the wisdom and experience gained from nearly 50 years as a leader in the field of transformation and consciousness. Look for a link in the show notes. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the new beyond. I'm your host, Judith Rich, and I'm excited to be sharing today's episode with my guest, Brion Davis Devell. Brion Davis Devell, who is he? Well, let me share with you just a snippet of who Brion is. He's an award winning actor, producer, acting coach, and transformational mentor. He's best known for his leading role in the internationally acclaimed film Embrace of the Serpent, which has won several international awards 
including the Sloan Award at Sundance, uh, the Director's Fortnight Award at the Cannes Film Festival, and was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film in the 2016 Academy Awards. Brion has been a panelist favor and guest speaker on stages across the globe, blending his work as an artist with his experience in transformation. He's committed to bringing transformation into every aspect of his life with each he touches. He's had an, uh, a leading role in over 30 independent films and is currently starring in the feature film, Moon Garden, for which he's nominated for the best actor in the Michaud International Film Festival, soon to be released in a theater near you. He's involved with many communities in Los Angeles, including the Hippo Life Foundation, which is a nonprofit that supports rehabilitation through the arts. He has several television appearances to his credit, including Ray Donovan, Castle Rock, and Narcos Mexico, to name a few. Brion has been a professor of theater history, advanced camera technique, and storytelling. Anne Brion is married to Charles Devell, and together they are at the beginning stages of creating their legacy company, Ecovana. Brion Davis Devell, welcome to the new beyond. Oh, thank you, Judith. Thank you for having me. I feel like I need to um, uh, uh, read my bio more often. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very interesting reading your bio, uh, you know, which is very impressive. I've been studying your bio and just, you know, kind of diving into all of this vast body of work that you've created in theater and television and, and movies. And I think what's incredibly interesting is that now in this moment, we are meeting you at an interesting point in your life. Yes. We're meeting you Absolutely. at an inflection point. So yeah. let's die. Let's meet you right there at that moment. What is this moment, this kind of crossroads that you're standing, the fork in the road you're standing at? Um, yeah, I, a couple of years ago, I, I, I kind of began to realize that I wasn't uh, as thrilled and passionate um, loving the craft and the entertainment industry as much as I had before. It felt even to the degree of inauthentic, um, which was a challenge because I invested so much of my life and much of my identity in that process. And then when I got to the Cannes Film Festival and, and was able to shoot The Embrace of the Serpent, um, which was a very transformational experience, not only in the message of the film, but also for Brion, you know, the person. And that began, and shortly after I met Charlie, about a year later, he did, he was in hardcore leadership, he, and then he enrolled me. And then it was just this gradual process of, of uh, you know, getting underneath, getting underneath, and then realizing that I wanted to create something. And I didn't know for about two years, I just kind of kept kind of halfway putting myself into the entertainment industry and halfway coaching and half, you know, so I wasn't all in on something that I wasn't passionate by. 
And then my uh, husband, Charlie, and myself and our housemate at the time uh, were sitting around talking and we started kind of brainstorming this idea of Ecovana. And um, I just lit up and I was impassioned by it. And it was something that I really wanted to begin to create. And realizing that I love hosting events, I love bringing people together, I love creating experiences for people. And at the end of the day, that's what my career was as an actor and a director. I loved creating, and producer, I loved creating experiences for people. So it didn't separate completely. It's just now that this is a new, a new opportunity that I get to share with my husband and um, get to be a gift in the world for you know, sustainable living and education and camping and we get to create it all, you know? So that's, that's the, that's the place I'm in now and, 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 you know, moving forward with 100%. Wow. That's really excited. Brion, you are standing at the edge of your own new beyond. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and this new, uh, this new project uh, Ecovana. Share with us what Ecovana is and sure. why is it meaningful for you? Yeah. Um, uh, it embodies everything that uh, both myself and Charlie enjoy. Um, we recently lost Daniel. Daniel, um, I'll just be very uh, authentic and forthright, forthcoming here. Um, he committed suicide and uh he was our housemate and, and like oh. a brother. And, oh, that's uh, so tragic. Yeah. And uh, it was actually the first night of Breakthrough, ACL 33. And so there was a big, you know, there was just this big thing that happened right in the middle of, you know, that intense work. Oh, my goodness. So. Um, How long ago did that this happen? kind of May. That was May, May 25th of this past year. So quite recent. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that compelled, you know, that compelled me even further to create this in honor of, of, of Daniel. Um, Charlie and I love to camp. We love to create events, um, create celebrations for people. We feel like the earth um, uh, gets to be nurtured. Um, and I feel like there's a sustainable way for us all to live in a way that's going to repair the damage that we, we've done in a conscious way of living. And that's really the theme behind Ecovana. Now, that's the name that we're going with. It could change, <laughs> but um, ecovana.org is, is our landing page right now. Um, camping, education, events, weddings, retreats, it's just something that excites us. So that's what it is. That's the, the idea. And now we're creating the business plan. And then um, we here at our, our house here, we create little events, just kind of prepping us um, for uh, connecting with people, the email list, um, and gaining interest in investors. And so that's kind of where we're moving at. We're at the very ground stages. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and I, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm dialed in on the same page, but what I'm getting from what you've shared so far is that the kind of events you would be producing are uh, 
sustainable kind of things that are environmentally friendly. Um, am I, is that, am I getting a, yeah. So imagine, you know, like underprivileged youth or, you know, a camp for two weeks to educate people. And so we hire a specialist that comes in and for two weeks, that specialist trains people on um, agriculture, um, uh, you know, uh, hydroponics, uh, gardening, sustainable living, how to create a garden in your yard, you know, um, things like that. You know, we have all this space. We have all these yards that aren't reproducing for us. So why not, you know, water the yard and have it bring up some tomatoes or something. So, yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so one could, uh, one could have an eco Vana wedding. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's all, yeah. What would that look like? Well, it's all inclusive. Um, you know, anyone, um, we had a phenomenal wedding in Santa Barbara and it included, you know, it was honoring all religions, all uh, viewpoints, all perspectives, um, sexualities. And, and, you know, my mom was there, Charlie's parents were there. It was just a really beautiful um, uh, experience where we honored, you know, everyone, everyone felt included. And that's really important for us. Um, you know, so it would be gay weddings, it would be, you know, straight weddings, it would be, you know, whatever, you know, it's just all, all inclusive. And the sustainable part is everyone would, you know, the wedding party would be able to stay in the campsite. So you just um, rent the, temp, the campsites. And so everybody's there for the whole week of the wedding. Um, the VIP um, little cabin would probably have like a little hot tub or a hot springs or something. Um, and overlooking the hill side. This is the imagination. This is the, what we're creating the wants, this right? Is the vision. This is the vision. Yeah. yeah. And, um, in terms of, you know, sustainability, um, it would be farm to table, you know, um, as an option. Um, and just, I don't know what all the details of that looks like right now. Um, but, you know, hosting a wedding that would be sustainable, conscious, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go. So this is a really big shift for you, isn't it? This is like a huge, huge shift for you, a completely different identity, if you will. Uh, can you talk a bit about the inner process that you you may still be going through? I, I have a, I have a feeling certainly one that you have gone through just even to get to this point and what may still be stirring in you in terms of, uh, I mean, you know, you've been out there in front, you know, on stages and in front of the camera and producing and, and directing and teaching and, and all of that. And now you're taking on a very, very different kind of role. How, how, did, what's the inner experience that you're going through with this? That's a great question. And it may seem like that on the surface, but when you really go deeper, what are the things that, that I always felt about my work as an actor um, and a storyteller is that I loved creating experiences for people. 
if I went to a film that I did and, and I would always sit in the back of the, the audience to, or if I was directing something, I would always sit in the back of the audience and watch the audience, you know, experience the process. I so do the same thing, by the way, as a trainer. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes. Um, uh, and so watching people experience their breakthrough through storytelling or experience an aha or a reflection of themselves. Um, and then this Saturday, we had a, a birthday party. A friend of ours asked to host the birthday party here at our house, and um, which is great feedback. And everybody just yes. enjoyed it. We were sitting around the fire, you know, the hot tub was going and we like we I, I grilled and and everybody just really connected. And they said, this place is a utopia. It's so beautiful. So whatever energy Charlie and I are are creating, that's the energy people feel. Mm -hmm. And um, and that thrills me. So in a way it's not that different in that I'm creating experiences. We do want to have like a little theater there. We want to possibly do, you know, a very small music festival. Uh, we want to ideally have like little shops where we, you know, sell our, um, you know, herbs and stuff. Um, so the, that's, that's the, so it doesn't really shift from the desire to create experiences for people, right? Laughter, joy, sadness, self-reflection. This was the shift and this was the toughest thing for me. And this is probably going to um, serve a lot of the listeners. At least I, I trust that it will. When I went from that moment of, you know, I was shooting Castle Rock in West Virginia. It was an amazing opportunity. Um, it was, you know, I think that was 2018. And, um, I went to shoot Castle Rock, dreamed to work with Stephen King, dreamed to work with J.J. Abrams. And I'm on that set and I felt uh, uncompelled. I felt mm. frustrated. I felt this should be thrilling me. And I just kind of over it, <laughs> you know? And I had to come and be really honest with myself. And it was terrible because I'd identified and created an identity in which I was the, I was my active career. Yeah. I was that and how people perceived me was through that lens. Mm -hmm. And that was the kind, you know, connection with self that I really got to um, look at. And so when I realized that, had a heart to heart with myself. Um, and then once and then I, I kind of was open for a year. What is the thing that's going to thrill me? You know, as a promoter, I just want, I, I always want to create experiences um, and adventures. What is the thing that's going to thrill me? And we were all talking and that's when we kind of landed on Ecovana and I just got so excited. It was as much of a truth in me as, as when I knew in high school, I wanted to be a professional actor. So, this is the part where transformation really supported me because I had to ask myself in order for me to let go, in order for me to have the vision that I want next, I have to let go of who I've been 
Mm-hmm. And that's something that we mm-hmm. we we are uh, mm-hmm. explore in, in in transformation. And I get to look at what's not working in my life mm. to create that vision, to create that you know opportunity, to write my book, to create Ecofana, the things that I want to do now. Um, and the, the thing that came up, who do I get to be? Mm-hmm. in order to create that though the blaring glaring word was consistency mm. consistent i get to be consistent and is I, that new territory I, for you consistency uh, you know <laughs> you know um yes uh it's it's uh i'm very consistent when i'm when i when i um, am honoring my word to other people mm. where I fall short of honoring my word to myself. Mm. Mm. And that is what I really uh, set the intention to uh, commit to. And it was really like last year. And it's a daily process across the line every day, you know? <laughs> um, and um, that moment. Which which line is that, Brion, that you cross every day, just for our listeners who may not know? I mean, just in terms of of um, consciousness, talk mm-hmm. about the line and what that represents in consciousness. Yeah, and and this is kind of like in part in, in, in part with that that moment where I realized consistency was my word and. I had to let go of anything in my life that wasn't consistent. So immediately I emailed my agents and my reps and all the people. And I said, I'm not auditioning for a year, not auditioning. And what came up for me? Oh, it was terrifying. (laughs) It was like breaking up, you know, when you're in a relationship that you realize is probably not that good for you, (laughs) you know? That's but it, what and it, it had been your lifelong yeah. uh, love, passion. I, I mean, in looking at your story, you know, I, it, your story goes back to a boy growing up in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Who uh, this, you know, what I what I gleaned from my research on you was at the age of nine, you were in a production of Tom Sawyer. And it says you discovered the magic of theater. So at age nine, something magical opened up for you. And theater was the mechanism for that, right? Yeah. And that was where you discovered that you could, that you had a kind of presence and an ability to connect with an audience, even in that example, your back was turned to the audience, right? Uh, you were yeah. painting the, the fence in Tom Sawyer. Yeah. yeah. But even there, you saw that there was something magical about connecting with people. So now fast forward to today, many, many you know, decades later, um, what I'm hearing, Brion, is that you've come to completion that you've completed, well, maybe not forever, but you've completed the chapters of the book uh, 
called acting, called producing, called theater, called, called that whole, that, that expression of your gifts and talents. And there are many, many more and you're changing, you know, you're creating a new mechanism to express your, your creative talents, your creative gifts, right? So yeah. there is a sense of, I'm just, I'm hearing you talk about this thing isn't compelling anymore. This thing that I was compelled my whole life by is no longer compelling for me. And I suggest that that indicates completion, right? That you, you know, you've come to completion with that experience doesn't mean that you may not go back. Who knows? You know, yeah. the future is wide open. You may find another, you may d drop into another pocket of passion around that. But for now, that chapter is complete and you are in the process of writing a new chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the new, when I talk about the new beyond, I talk about it as a place in consciousness where we are tasked with the responsibility of reinventing ourselves because what's wanted and needed from humans in this time in our collective history is very, very different from everything that's preceded, you know, from, from everything that's come come before this moment. We need to be different kinds of leaders, you know, heart-centered leaders, leaders who are connected at a level of consciousness where we see and where we promote the 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 potential that everybody gets to win here. You know, it's about collaboration, uh not about beat the other guy and all of that. And so and that's not an easy thing to do. Humans don't normally set off by themselves on these kinds of journeys. And you've done enough transformational work that's disrupted all of these patterns and has uh, brought you to this new uh, platform where you're looking out and seeing how do I, who do I get to be now going forward? And the letting go, uh, I, I really appreciate how challenging that is, especially when you are so accomplished, when you are so acclaimed, you've won so many awards, you have, you know, you have the, the trophies and the, you know, the awards and all of that to let go of that and step into the unknown. Right. Go step uh, into the uncertain future. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and and it's so exciting. And with the support, you know, of, of of your leadership and the support of the trainers and the people that have that have mentored me in the process and my my acting mentors and things like that. Uh, responsibility is what comes in this, too. Right. Um, in that leadership, what's missing mm -hmm. in the world. And that's what I'm looking at. Like, how do I get to play a part mm -hmm. in that leadership? And what's missing is absolute personal responsibility. Mm. And, and the moment, there's two things. The moment that I was, <clears throat> I went to Cannes 
film festival. I was sitting there. I watched the whole film, was blown away. Even if I wasn't leading, you know, one of the lead actors in the film, it would have been my favorite film of all time. And the experience was so transformational. I said in the audience, as I sat there, and my, one of my co-stars was sitting next to me, and I nudged him and I said, I'm done. I'm done. Artistically, mm. that film was everything I ever want, set out to accomplish mm. as an actor. And, um, and it surprised me. It's just one of those moments where it just kind of comes out. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm. what? What did I just say? And just being, and, and then the second thing is when I did let go is what came up for me was fear of missing out. Um, what are they going to think about me? Um, what am I going to feel about myself? I'm not giving up. I know that, but what are they going to think? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And all of that for the first time felt insignificant and certainly an unwanted obstacle to my new vision. And I get to take all of these experiences with me. You know, the new chapter can't be chapter two unless you have the preface of the chapter one. Yes. So chapter two, we'll have a small theater, close film festivals. I'll do a documentary on how we created it. I still get to live in that experience and now create something that's um, a legacy experience for myself and Charlie and for other people. Oh, I love this. I love this subject of legacy because it's so up for me um, right now. I mean, you and I are meeting here in the new beyond this podcast, which is part of my legacy project for this year. And uh, so I think uh, as I'm immersing myself in my own, creating my own legacy, I'm curious to hear how legacy lives for you because you're uh, much, much younger than I am. And I love it. I love that you, I think we, I think legacy is something more than we leave behind. I think it's something that we live. So living your legacy versus leaving your legacy, you are creating your legacy to live it. And the very living of your legacy itself is a legacy, right? Yes. Oh, I love that that clarity. I love that clarity. Yeah. Yes. That's something I've been kind of noodling in my head about. I feel like there's something in me that's brewing on living your legacy. It feels like there's a new chapter for me that's coming forward. That's about that. And so it's no, I think it's no mistake that we're having this conversation about legacy and that you at your age, still youthful, still in the prime of your creative, uh, you know, you haven't even peaked in your career. (laughs) (laughs) You've reached a peak and there are a lot more peaks out there in front of you. So to be living your legacy just feels, um, amazing to even think about it absolutely and i I love the the, i love how you landed that which you land 
everything so well. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, and in terms of that, and yes, living my legacy. And when you look at it, you know, it is a constant experience. It's a constant uh, intention and connection to how am I being my legacy right now? Being responsible, loving, creating unity, um, courageous, uh, boldly moving, um, compassionate. And um, that part about living your legacy is also what you're creating every moment. And um, that, yeah, that really, that really lands. It's um, letting go of the things that don't work, right? Or no longer serve you. Yes. And say, and the deeper part of legacy for me, and I think it was, we were discussing it, I think it was Donise, uh, a, a mutual person that you and I know, um, hardcore, and I think it was Donise that, that asked me what it's underneath, you know, I love creating experiences for people, but what's underneath that? What do you want? What? Why do you want that? And mm -hmm. I said, legacy, I want to leave something behind. And then why? And then it came down, and this is where my heart filled up. The why was because I wanted to matter and I want other people to know that they matter. And mm -hmm. that and it filled me up with so much, uh, you know your purpose when it, you connect with it on that emotional level. It becomes imperative to you. Yeah, I love that word imperative. It's like you can't not do it. You can't yeah. not be it. Yeah. You know, that's how, that's why I'm still at age 80. That's why I'm still being and doing what I've been and done for close to five decades now is because I can't not be and do it. It's yeah. so wired into me. And it will continue to find new ways to express itself, you know, because like you, I've always been dialed into the creative, energetic, the flow of creativity. And, you know, you too, I mean, all your life, you have been in that creative, energetic flow. You've been, you know, you've, and you share uh, share a bit with us about how your parents really supported you in that endeavor growing up. Yeah, it, you know, my parents always let me try new things. Um, they listened to me. I was very expressive as a child, as a child. Um, I remember, you know, throwing a temper tantrum and just like, you know, getting it all out, you know, I've always been a promoter, um, <laughs> and, uh, feelings and emotions and big and expressive. The thing that I so appreciated them with them was they always listened mm. and they never judged me or told me to be quiet or mm. they always nurtured and loved me even through my expressiveness because the expressiveness was what was my authenticity. I would run around the house singing this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You know, I would be like running around naked and like singing that song. So I always brought the joy and they saw in me that creativity and self-expression was 
unique for me. When I came out, it was, it was difficult. You know, I told my mom first, I was crying. I was like, I think I was like 20 years old. And then she told me that I needed to tell my dad. And I was like, can you tell him? And uh, I was terrified. You know, my dad, amazing, amazing man. Um, straight, handsome, 6'4", uh, you know, the Bible and, and all the politics, everything was made up for him. So he never had to look at himself mm. and question, mm. you know, the way um, many, uh, my experience or what I've, what I've gathered is in the way that um, a lesbian or a transgendered person or a gay person or a black person and women every month are reminded of their divinity. They have to look inside of themselves. They have to connect with, with who they are mm -hmm. and what their power is. And so um, there's a divinity in that. Um, you know, black people um, uh, have an experience that, that, uh, that they experience as, as challenging in, in our system, right? And so my dad never had to question anything until I came out. Mm. So it was, he could be dogmatic in his religious views um, because everything was black and white and worked. So when he, when I told him, you know, I was, I had a very good friend who I was actually dating. It was my first boyfriend. Um, would always come to the house, was part of our family, you know, but they knew him as my friend. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I told them that he was actually my partner um, at the time, my boyfriend at the time. How old were you, Brion, at that, at this time? Like 20, 21, maybe. Okay. And uh, my dad said, well, you know, he's not welcome in this house. Mm. This lifestyle is not welcome in my house. And I know that that was a reaction based on the environment that my dad lived in, the yeah. perspective that he had. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, talk that up with mom because mom just said that Jason's always welcome in the house. You, you guys, you guys get to talk about that. I, and then uh, like Jason was his name, is his name. He and I are still really good friends. Um, and another friend of mine told me something that served him when he came out. And it was, I've dealt with this my entire life. I've hidden it. I felt shame around it. I felt guilt around it. I was told I was wrong. I was told I was going to hell. I'm not living that anymore. Now it's your turn. You mm. deal with it. Mm. You deal with it. And it was so empowering. The second I came out, my light shined. I didn't have to live in defense of myself. I didn't have to lie. I didn't have to, you know, hide. And, and it was about three months. And my dad um, uh, and I didn't really talk. And he wanted to connect. And I said, I can connect with you, but don't bring the Bible out. I went to a private Christian college. Mm. So anything that was in the Bible around this, I'd read multiple times. Right. And I'd done extensive research. And I said, you know, 
<laughs> my joke is I, I went to private Christian college to pray the gay out of me. And then uh, they offered me a scholarship to do West Side Story. So it just negated the whole thing. <laughs> so um, that's my my little, little joke. Um, and then gradually my dad came around and uh, I, I basically told him, you know, I want to talk to you father to son, friend to friend, one-on-one, do not quote scripture. Let's just be real. Let's go deeper. Because I feel like so often we use scripture as a defense. It is, it is a, it is a, it is, it is a surface level explanation that I use as opposed to going deep Mm -hmm. in my own, Mm -hmm. what I believe to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really easy just to kind of like live in that, that rule book. Yeah. Right. These are the yeah. rules. I'm not responsible. All I have to do is. Do this. So when you communicate yeah. with me through the through the emotional experience, then we can move. And after that, um, he went to therapy, um, and we became even closer. And he um, he acknowledged that no matter what, he loved me. He understood another way to interpret the experience. And then in 2007, he passed away with um, cancer. Mm. But he had been battling it for four years and that was another level of him going spiritual as opposed to religious. Mm-hmm. Because when we're faced with a challenge like that, we're forced to become connected, conscious, spiritual. And I think through that experience, he really, he went deeper. And I think it was really transformative for him. So, well, let's give him the credit here. I think where credit is due, he chose it. Right. I mean, it's it. I think on the exterior, it might have looked like he was forced. But, you know, a a lot of people come to their deaths and they never do make the choice to let go of conditioning and let go of history and just really open to the reality of what's right there in front of them. So that was a transformation of your father's, which was really a huge gift to you as well to free that up also in you and to know that you had completed with him by the time that he uh completed his life and your mom is she still alive yeah yeah still alive um she's one of the strongest people in the world um she's been through a lot she has rheumatoid arthritis she was diagnosed i say she was diagnosed with me and rheumatoid arthritis at the same time (laughs) (laughs) um she's so powerful Um, you know, they said you'd be in a wheelchair in 10 years and she's still, you know, wobbling around, not in a wheelchair. They were able to fly out for our wedding. Um, she's doing, she's doing wonderfully. Um, one of the strongest, most compassionate, loving, accepting people in the world. Um, and to my dad, you know, my, my best friend, you know, I, I was able to say everything I wanted to say to him and him to me before he passed. It was say you love me say i love you you know just go out there and just whatever whatever you get to clear with people 
whatever you get to create with people, just clear and say, I love you and you mean this to me and thank you for this before it's too late. Yes, yes. It's beautiful. Let's circle back. I keep having this thought popping up for me about eco-vana. What comes up for me, and I'm curious to know if there's any relationship in your thinking. I keep thinking of nirvana and ecovana. Was there anything about, is that a play on words? Did you and Charlie, were you thinking of nirvana from an ecology perspective? Yeah, it's it. Well, our 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 housemate Daniel was the one that kind of uh, presented it. He he had always had this desire to create something around that. He just loved that name. He loved the title, and um, I don't recall exactly where he got it from or, or what. But for me, it became a word and a concept of its own. It became yeah. something that was um, creative and. When people come to our house here and we have an event, we have a movie screening or a party or people come here and they just, you can sense it. They just open up. They, they, their guards are down. They feel safe. There's, there's nothing that we necessarily do to create that. It's just our beingness, um, you know, that makes the plants grow and our commitment to that, um, and so there's in that is this kind of utopic, uh, mm. uh, almost um, uh, metaphysical mm-hmm. kind of experience that you're having where, you know, your, your guards are down, you can come here, be free, be authentic, um, express, explore, and be loved unconditionally. It sounds like a beautiful context. I'm, I mean, I'm picturing weddings and you know milestone events important birthdays and um oh i don't know just celebrations it just feels like a vibe like a certain vibe that you and and charlie uh it's just who you are and it's yeah. a reflection of who you are so rejoice i can't wait for it to become a thing, a reality. What's your plan? Uh, you know, when is it going to be birthed into the world? Um, it's the seeds are being planted now. Um, uh, I get to create a business plan, which is my commitment. Charlie's the man- mechanics guy. Um, I get to create the business plan. I'm the visionary. Charlie's also a dreamer and a visionary, but Charlie's very practical and Charlie's very practical. I'm a little bit more like, and this is possible. We're going to create this. Um, and so it's a really good team. And then, well, we'll let me ask you a question, Brion, Mm -hmm. by when? Yes. (laughs) So that's the question we had yesterday. Um, and, uh, we, we discussed yesterday this week, um, uh, the initial business plan will be done by Friday. Um, we get to pay our taxes. <laughs> we haven't done that yet. Um, Cause we got married and then we're joint taxed and anyway, and then creating the business plan, the initial by Friday. Uh, and then we're already systematically creating events. So people are putting, going onto our email list. Um, and then within the year, we're going to start looking at the property. Um, and we have, uh, we have, 
some means uh, to create that. Um, and now we get to source investors and, and things like that, that, um, that are going to be a participant in that experience too. So, so exciting. Um, I'd like to ask you two questions okay. in, in, uh, in wrapping up here. What one is, where do you see yourself in 10 years now? You know, who knows? I mean, you know, this is, this is just imagination, creation, visioning, envisioning, all of that, you know, let your imagination run wild. And where do you see this thing going? Or where do you see you going or being 10 years yeah. out from here? I love that question. Of course, a promoter <laughs> loves <laughs> to be in that, loves to be in that space. And yes. In 2007, I said, by 2015, I want to be at the Oscars. I had no idea how to do it, how to create it, blah, blah, blah. When I was in high school, I wanted to move to New York. I did that. When I, 2015, 16, I was at the Oscars. I don't, the, the how, if I get caught up in that, I don't yeah. know. Where do I want to be? I see it. When you see it, you feel it. And imagination is utilizing all the experiences yes. to make it real for yourself now, right? I know you teach yes. into that as well. Yes, absolutely. I see, I see it. It's it's Charlie and I on the property at Ecovana overlooking, you know, 20 acres, 30 acres, um, three ponds, um, gardens, campsites. Uh, sitting on our porch or swimming in our pool, um, friends coming from all around, um, tiny houses that we either Airbnb or we rent out to artists, um, community, building a community, um, and and uh, working the grounds and hosting film festivals, small film festivals, small music festival, weddings, um, and just hosting the property. And letting other people, you know, will have our, you know, and let them mm -hmm. bring their experience and us just, you know, kind of like hosting it with the property. And so letting other people produce their events on your property. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that sounds so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I see it. I just see it waking up every morning, sitting on the porch, Charlie and I talking and, you know, having friends visit, uh, and, and, and watching joy happen, you know? Mm, watching joy happen. That's about as good as it gets, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so final question, uh, Brion, if you could go back to some time in your life when you were a younger person, maybe it was when you were in the, the stage before you came out, uh, maybe it was bef in between when you came out to your mom and before you came out to your dad or some point in your there life. There was a 30 minute window there. Like oh, oh okay. Window. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. but if you could yeah. go back to the younger you who was at a point in your life where there was struggle, there was challenge, there was doubt, there was lack of clarity. You know, if you could go back to that version of yourself as who you are now so you you know you as an adult who is 
standing at this inflection point with clarity about your vision, with, you know, excitement about the creation of a legacy, having created this whole body of work, really, that you stand on, you stand on the shoulders of your own body of work. That guy back then, he didn't have any of that yet. He didn't know what you know. He, he wasn't, he hadn't, he hadn't really demonstrated to himself of what he was capable. You could go back to him and give him some wisdom, give him some coaching. What would you say to him? What would he, what did he need to hear that you didn't have access to at the time? I would probably share with him that it's okay to be misunderstood. That you may not, you might be confused right now and maybe the adult world doesn't get you. You're smart, you're powerful, you're creative. Keep singing, keep dancing. Don't let anybody tell you you're, you're too much or too mm. dramatic. Keep being powerful and, and spreading the light and joy. Um, and, uh, and trust that everything that you're experiencing now um, is preparing you for your service in the world your contribution mm. to the world. Mm. I was an Eagle Scout and Boy Scouts, directly correlated for me canoeing in the Vops River in the Amazon jungle. Mm. Yeah. So mm. I was on my way and I would tell myself that. And I don't know, but I knew it. I knew, I don't know if I would tell myself this because the challenges that I went through landed me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So I have no regrets. And I would want to whisper in his ear that you are going to the Oscars. You are going to, Whoopi Goldberg inspired me at whatever Oscars she was, she was, she was like, you dream it, you can make it, you're going to make it, you know, and then whatever you're going through right now, trust. You're going to go to the Oscars. You're going to LA. You're going to do off-Broadway in New York. And you're going to marry a man that loves you. And then you are going to create magic and contribution and love in the world. So. Wow. Yeah. I've got chills and tears. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brian, uh, for taking this time with us. I'm really, really touched and moved and inspired by who you are, by who you are becoming. And I hope that I'm around and invited to come play with you at Ecovana. You will get an <laughs> opening invitation to our opening night soiree for sure. All right. And I love you so much and the and what you create in the world, your leadership, the way you land with people and love and, and meet them where they're at. And um, I love your podcast. My favorite, I think, is uh, Open Broken Heart. 
Mm. And I share that. I, I share it with everybody on the teams and I say, go and listen to this podcast. It's oh, so- thank you. Thank you so much, Brion. Thank you so much. I, I love and appreciate you as well. So thank you again for spending this time with us and much love to you and to Charlie and best wishes on Ecovana and uh, all of your creative endeavors coming forth from here. Well, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. You'll you'll get all the information along the way. And even on Friday when I'm, I'm at my buy win, I'll just send you and say, the business plan is created. So. <laughs> good, good, good. Do that, do that. Okay. And thanks to you listeners for spending this time with us. We'll meet you next time in the new beyond. God bless. Before we go, let me take a moment to thank my producer, Justina Nielsen, and thank all of you dear listeners for being here. If you enjoyed this podcast and think others would also benefit from listening, I have a little homework assignment for you. Please take a moment, go to our podcast page on Apple and scroll down to where you see write a review. Then say some nice things. I would be ever so grateful for your support. And if you listen on Spotify or other podcast providers, you can shower us with stars, preferably five. And let me know what you think. Email me at thenewbeyond2022 at gmail.com and leave some feedback. I personally read and respond to every single message you send. Or you can visit The New Beyond on Facebook and leave your comments there. And lastly, don't forget to check out that free gift in the audio series on my website, judithrich.com. Thanks for being with me on this journey from here to the new beyond.